right, but we got myself, Nate, Chase in studio today. Appreciate you guys tuning in to another edition of the Pure Tennis Podcast. It is big news for us in Cincinnati. Breaking news, Western and Southern announces they will be staying in Cincinnati for 25 years, starting in 2025. The Cincinnati Masters will become a 96-player draw event, a two-week event. They got $200 million popping in there from we don't really know where it came from, Abracadabra, but we're keeping our home tournament. What were your initial reactions yesterday, 10 in the morning? It was one of those announcements I told you before that we recorded. It was just like, it's, how many times a year do you get those texts from multiple people when news is breaking where it's like everybody's hyped? And it was like that was one of those moments where it was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Everybody's so hyped about this. And it was that was the momentum that I thought it took to keep that tournament here. Yeah, it was weird for me. I, I, I got an email from Western Southern. I guess I'm subscribed to their emails. And um, the first thing I did, saw was this exciting announcement. I'm like, okay, this is probably be like, we'll have it for one more year. We're going to do some crazy celebration. I click on it, and it's a video of Novak and Coco. I'm like, all right, this might be something serious here. And I'm watching it, and I'm getting hyped. And it's like 9.45, 10 o'clock in the morning. And yeah. um, the first thing I did was text Nate and Joe and um, – the waiting game for me. I'm 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 alone. No one is in my house. It's nine forty five. I'm just getting hyped by myself and I'm just waiting for people to text back. <laughs> weird weird feeling for myself, but so exciting. I mean I'm I I couldn't be happier. That's no, I was I was driving into work and all of a sudden I was I was on the phone with somebody and I got a few I I felt my phone, I was like, wait. And then I everybody sent this article, I'm like, no way. Like on a random Tuesday morning. Yeah. They when they dropped the news. Pretty sure it's exactly five months after uh, Ben Navarro said he was thinking about moving it. Exactly five so months Navar- from so, the date. So we hope Navarro and his and the BMOC Capital team want to be in Cincinnati. Uh, kept Cincinnati fans on the hook for five months. It was a uh, roller coaster because it was kind of weird being at the tournament this year, where like everybody you see is like asking me, "Hey, you think this tournament's are we gone? Is it gone? Is it gone?" There wasn't really a lot of people asking me about tennis matches or players. It was really people who were just out there to really like, "Is this really leaving us?" and I think that, as well as the players at the tournament shouting out Cincinnati, it felt like at every opportunity they had, especially the big names, like you saw Novak was very adamant about his love for the city, this tournament, the fans, the legacy of the tournament, how much he's enjoyed winning it three times. Coco Golf had a storyline finish this year, just winning her first Masters, and what she was saying about just being here, and just like they got the right people players-wise that genuinely wanted to be here to speak up, and that was... I thought that was kind of a big turning point for this to kind of all happen. I mean, the tournament itself, in my opinion, it was like the, probably the fifth best tournament the whole year outside of the majors. I mean, you could argue maybe Monte Carlo or Rome, but I mean, this tournament, the show that was put on by both both sides of both tours, I mean, yeah. pretty ridiculous. I mean, the fi- I mean, the semifinal between Iga and Coco was also incredible. It was incredible. I mean, and I think that final that you saw between Carlos and Novak was as good as any final as we've seen this year. Yeah. I mean, that was incredible, and it was. The tournament was amazing. I think it was definitely a top five tournament. I think it was the top. Yeah. yeah. And Australian Open was. We, we talked a little bit. Like Australia could probably, I mean, you could even say maybe fourth because Australia that, was kind of a disappointment. I mean, Arena won her maiden slam, I think, right, yeah. in Australia. Yeah. yeah. Um, that so cool. that was the headline. But outside of that, I mean, Tsitsipas and Novak, that was kind of lame. So it's like, <laughs> I, I mean, the tournament, what, what we saw, it was it was top tier. And now so, we get it for 25 more years. I know. And they, I just can't imagine. I mean, there is land out there to expand on. I don't know why that was ever the concern of, like, they were saying that there wasn't land. I'm like, someone's got to, I mean, figure that out. I mean, it's definitely, 
this is a place that's a giant field. It's a golf course partially, but there's I think there's 21 acres they have to expand upon. This tournament, I can't wait to see what they're going to take it to the next level, and I, I can't wait to see what they do with that money just as far as new venues, the expanding the grounds, because what they have currently, in my opinion, is top-notch from what I've seen out there in other tournaments. It's like, it's, it's and hard. the improvements they made this year. I mean, yeah, it, it felt it like was a night and day. It really in my was. Opinion. What they did to it this year, I couldn't believe the, imp- the improvements from just la- like because I was there in the summer and they hadn't done any upgrades yet. Just there for a small tournament. I'm like, looks pretty much the same. And in the last three months before that tournament started, it just changed the whole feel of that tournament, making the practice courts feel more legit with just the digital boards. I don't know. So it's. Definitely you still need serve clocks though on the on got the smaller it. courts. Please put speedometers, yeah. Or not serve clocks, serve yeah speedometers. Serve, yeah, yeah speedometers on every court that has, I mean at least court four. Like how does court four not have a speedometer? Yeah, I'm like, especially yeah, with the changes they made to it, and then not not to have that, anything. That's Where my, do you think that two hundred million is going? One. What's the first thing you think they're, they're they want to achieve? I hope for the viewership of the venue. I think that freaking speedometers has to go on. That, that's got to be top, number one. That's got to be top three. Um, just because I think casual fans don't really know what they're watching, so it's like yeah, that you gotta have something that's tangible. That like when they watch a baseball game, they know what a hundred mile an hour fastball is. They they know it's a freaking big ball. They gotta be able to have some context where how like to appreciate. And as the tournament gets bigger, you're gonna have more and more casual fans, less diehards. So it's like I was sitting next to fans, and I'm like, well, sometimes we sit next to these old, older folks or even younger folks who don't know, and you're like, see that thing behind there? That's that's how fast he's serving the ball, and they're like. You see how people are amazed. They're like, no way. Yeah. 128? Like, oh, my God. And it's like. And you get Ben Shelton in there and he pops a 143. It, I mean, it's just. It blows your mind. Yeah. It, it just part, it's just part of the spectacle of what the players do at the top level. It's like, you know, when you and I go out there, they don't need to put a speedometer on there. You no. know, but <laughs> when you got guys that can go at 130s, 140s, it's like, it's a cool. So that's one of them. I don't know. As far as other upgrades, that's, I mean, I feel like the tournament's maybe a bigger grandstand at some point. I would imagine it's going to be the next big big one. And that place was packed all week. I think Grandstand at Cincinnati is maybe my favorite place to watch a match from the baseline view right under the uh, the umbrella. Over, yeah, yeah, under yeah. the umbrella. I think that is my favorite place to watch a tennis match. But making a bigger Grandstand is probably for a 96-player event going to probably have to be in the cards. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I would like to just see what they do with like the as far as the vendors and what they'll do with that. Now situation. that it's two weeks, I don't think they'll put a roof on it. I had originally thought when I saw the two hundred million dollar figure, I'm like, okay, they might be putting a roof. I mean, that that might be enough to at least cover, at least size. I don't know if two hundred million is going to get you the the, what the yeah maybe. But maybe. I don't know. But then when I saw two weeks, I'm like, okay, never mind. They're not going to do that because they can it's spread out enough that it'll be fine. Yeah, that is interesting though because it is it's, it's a massive bummer with the weather situation. Not the weather seems to always be a problem. That's that's yeah. why my mind initially went to roof. Mm-hmm. But Th- doesn't Cleveland have like a it's like not really a roof. It's a. It's not a roof. It's like a giant overhang. But does it actually? Can you play during some? Rain? I don't know. That that concept always interested me. Is like at least on some like is that feels more feasible at least in the, before you have the money to do it on center. Is like just do it on the, some of the smaller courts and just put one of those big old leaf things over the top of leaf. The, like it looks like a. It looks like, like it looks a tent. Like, you ever see that movie? Uh, Ant's life. <laughs> It's or no, like, what's it? Is that what it's called? Bugs Life. Bugs Life. Bugs Life. Yeah, dude, yeah. that's where they, it's like this giant leaf that acts as like a just kind of cha- uh, I know channels saying. all the water yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but that's all that I've got as far as Cincinnati. I thought that was amazing news. I mean, especially for this whole city. I mean, to keep that event one of the biggest weeks, our favorite week of the year. I think. I mean, at least I speak for myself. I mean, that is my favorite 100%. week every year. Oh yeah. And it's just like that. That's our Christmas, and it's to, for us to keep that. 
25 minutes north of the city. Um, Mason, a massive keep for them as well. And I think the city deserves it. I think we got the best tennis fans in the world. We showed up 200,000 plus this year at, at the tournament. People come in from all 50 states, I mean, other countries as well. And it's um, and it's been here for 125 years. What is that? That's next year? Next year will be here for 125 years. So they're celebrating their 125th, and then by the time we're done with this, maybe again in, in another 25, it would be 150, which is that's a big deal. 150 years in one city. That's, oldest, that's huge. Isn't that the, what are we, the oldest? It's the oldest in the United States. That's sweet. Yeah, since 1899. That's, that's, that's been in, that's stayed in its, like, it's, it's a in native origin. city. Yeah, origin, origin city. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, pretty cool. I know a lot of you guys are going to be excited that listening to this, so we wanted to, uh, yeah, just kind of give our thoughts on that because it was it definitely weighed on my like experience and thoughts of the tournament this year. I felt like just like it wasn't like people were happy to be there, but there was just like this like nervous energy around the place. I would just kind of, but then like that after that final, everything was like, wait, there's no way this tournament can leave. There's yeah. no way this this place is out of here. Glad it's not going to be a pickleball full time <laughs> pickleball venue. That was going to hurt me. I was going to yeah. I was already thinking about that. You know, they're going to put this PPA tour here. This big event, they're gonna act like it'll it's, still probably be like a major for PPA. Right. That's and that's fine. Now they can now yeah. they can do that. Is like in the off season, you know, that's yeah. that's fine. But the fact that that was gonna be known as like the pickleball place, I was gonna be like, you gotta be shitting me. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk about some Shanghai action. That's the big event going on. The Masters 1000 in China resumed for the first time in since what 2019. 2019. Yep. So first time back in four years. Four years. Where Daniil Medvedev was the reigning champ, gets taken out. By Sebastian Corda this week in Shanghai. Did not see that coming. Medvedev had been playing unbelievable tennis. I mean, he was at his, kind of found his level, it seems like. And it was going to be kind of nice swing of momentum for, I mean, it still is, obviously. It's not going to act like this killed him, but um, that surprised me. Just Corda definitely has shown that his level has been climbing, and he uh, made a 250 final last week, I believe, lost to Manorino. Um, but yeah, it seems that. like Corda is Medvedev's kryptonite on hardcore because Medvedev's record, I'm not positive, I believe it's 23 and 0 against other players on hardcore this year, but then against Corda on hardcore, he's 0 and 2. Australia so, and got him in the beginning of the year? Or when did he get him? I'm pretty ahead of been Australia cuz I'm pretty sure he's 23 and 2 on hardcore this no year way. and his two losses are to Corda. The Australian Open. Yeah. That's crazy and straight sets too. Yeah. I, I that's what I thought he was Australia. Yeah. That's crazy. So I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe Corda saw he was in that side of the draw, and he's like, all right, I got to play good so I can beat this guy because I know I can beat him. Cor- but but Corda just looked – I mean, that's the well, – I made some crazy, uh, I felt like, predictions after the, like his, his beginning in Australia. I'm like, this guy, like, even going into December, I thought he was going to be one of the top Americans. I remember before the year I started – in the top 25 after this. Right. But I thought – I mean, I thought he was going to be pushing top 10. And I yeah. was – but I'm – I mean, he's going to be top 25, which is not, you know, not too shabby. No. And it's just shown that, like, he's – when he's healthy, when he get he's finally fixed his wrist, which, which is a big problem. It seems like that than I ever remember it being with all these players complaining about balls being switched every tournament. Ball, yeah. Anyway, um, but Corda found his level big time for him to just get his confidence back ahead of the Australian Open, where he was looking like he was primed for a big time season last year or this this year actually. So Corda's balling out. Other takeaways would be Ben Shelton going on a tear. Yeah. Corda. Shelton and Corda face each other yeah. in the quarters here. Yep, yeah. and Shelton has his first. This is his best tournament outside of the U.S. Open and Australian Open of the season. Yeah. He's been bad, really, outside of those outside of those the majors. That, he's been pretty bad. I think he's like he was like two and sixteen or something. That's bad. Yeah, not good. 
Wow. Did that's I mean, taking out Sinner the way he did though, after Sinner just I mean Sinner's maybe a little bit probably a little tired. Yeah, but that's fine. It's like he beat st- two top three players in last week's tournament. I mean that that takes a lot out of you for sure, for but, sure. Because he beat Medvedev and Carlos, right? But like Ben was doing stuff to center, which was like stuff that he would do even if he wasn't tired. Like you know, like yeah. just that big slatter lefty serve on the on the on the deuce court. Was Which is dangerous. It is. It's ridiculous. And like he made and Sinner's a great returner. I feel like yeah. he's always got like extra length. It seems like on the return where he always is able to extend himself and put the ball back in the court. Sheldon was hitting balls past him, through him, and just I mean came like not intimidated by Sinner off the ground at all. Coming in on just like just like a nice little chip approach, like not trying to do anything too special and just trusting his hands. And that was just like a very mature win for Sheldon on a hard court um, and just a place where you're like. Like we just talked about, there's no crowd there. It's not Ben's atmosphere, but he made it his atmosphere. You know, he got hyped himself and was louder than all the fans. You know, he just made it his own arena out there. And I think he intimidates guys on the tour. I, th- I think Sheldon is, like, one of the first players in a long time that, like, kind of kind of It's a similar kind of arrogance in a way, like how Nick carries himself. He carries himself very strongly, and that can be intimidating to a lot of people on the tour. Not, not all these guys carry themselves in that fashion at all. And, like, I'm sure in the locker room it, it – it perspires into, you know, what it's going to be like on court. Um, and I think we saw him grow, especially the U.S. Open, with his shot tolerance. And when you go and you play a guy like Sinner, you, if you don't have shot tolerance, you're going to get wiped off the floor. And just as, especially with, like, his backhand side, like, he's not he's not bailing out or anything, and he just stays in rallies and finds his forehand to go big. Well said. I think that's got to be my biggest takeaway from it, what is his game as well, is just the shot tolerance off both wings and not feeling like he has to fire on the first forehand he gets, but just working the point a little bit more because his, his normal rally ball is freaking good. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's his, his just nice, relaxed ball. is na- It sounds like he's – and then when he steps on it a little bit, I mean, it's over. Like, yeah. he he will break your wrist. Like, he's hitting through through your hands, and it's in his forehand especially. But even his backhand, he's, he's rounded it out more than I thought he could yep. in, in a short time – Frame. I did not think he was going to be able to get this much shape on the ball from where he started as a complete slap on the back end. It's just within the last three months, really. And it's yeah, and it's paid massive dividends for him. And it's just he allowed, he's because his movement's good. He, he gets he covers yeah. corners well. He moves a little bit heavier than most of his top guys, but he I mean like he's a powerful athlete, and that's just how he how he's built. Once he gets to the corner, I mean he looks way more dangerous taking hacks now from the outer force of the court, which is huge, and that's. I, ben Sheldon, 19 in the world in climbing. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. He's about to be a top 15 player in the world. Yeah, and he's got a lot of opportunity in this tournament because there's not really anybody left. I mean, Rublev is the top player left in this tournament, and Rublev's been known to fold. So, I mean, he's, he's got Hubie possibly next. Maybe your guy that you're, you're going to want to talk about here, Fabian. Yeah. Um, we, we, we got, we, uh, go, go ahead and transition here to Fabian. This guy. <laughs> so, we, we wanted to highlight, um, but no, we'll, Finish off the Shanghai. Fabian also first. What did you say? First, the Hungarian man to ever make a Masters 1000 quarter. Correct. You would I think th- it'd be Fuchs, but yeah. Fuchs has not. He's only done it in uh, in majors. He's so not made it to a quarter. This kid majors. though, I never. I know he beat Carlos this year in straight sets, and I know he took out like Demonor or somebody else that was good. Yeah. But I never watched him. Like I never watched him. I watched highlights, but I never watched any of his matches. And I watched him play. I was up stupid late the other day watching him play Casper at like three in the morning, and I was just his game was so like relaxed but like putting pressure on you but like himself just being relaxed and it was just like this I never seen a player 
at 90 in the world look like that against top players. Like he Just looked comfortable. Comfortable. Like you yeah. could like Casper was not scaring him at all. Like with anything he was doing, he just he was out there doing what he does but like in the drop shot was just on complete demand. Like whenever he needed that drop shot, it was back pocket, he just pulled it out and had Casper look and Casper's fast. Like one yep. of the best movers and he's just Casper wasn't even digging these balls out of the ground. Balls were bouncing twice. He couldn't even get yep. get to him. This guy's got a little bit of firepower. He redirects the ball super well, can take the ball early. There's no way this guy stays outside the top 50 for, like, he's cl- he's coming. Like, this dude is Fabian Marajan. Mar- Marajan. He is one to watch for. And he's there's not many players that I watch that I don't get to see before they get to the top 100. And I'm, like, one, this is one of those guys that I'm just like, this guy's going to be, he's, he's a climber. He's definitely, he was a, if we did the peaker pusher on Fabian, this dude is pushing. I'm saying he's going to be top, that's a top 25 talent. Like, yeah, talent like this dude is insane. He's got good size. He's got, I mean, like you said, he redirects the ball really well. Was he twenty four? Twenty four. Yeah, he's six four, one seven. Six four, exactly. And yeah, he moves well. I don't know, and I don't know his mental seems just super very calm, very comfortable out there. It seems like he has a plan. Exactly. Not just kind of is is he the Roman Saffelin of of the twenty four year olds? <laughs> is this are they the same age about? I don't know how. No, I Roman, think Saffelin's twenty six. Roman seems older. Twenty five. He's he's Rublev's age. Roman is? Yeah. So twenty six? I think I think it might be twenty seven. Twenty seven, okay. Yeah. So this is like my this is the dude that and I think Roman Zeffelin's one of those guys that's similar. Like it doesn't matter who he plays, he's gonna play his game. You're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna kinda take him out of what he wants to do. Um anyway, Shanghai other updates looked like so Rublev just took out Tommy Paul, um, pretty routinely, dominated him. We gotta talk we gotta talk about Grigor. Oh yeah, facts. Um so yeah, Rublev is into another quarters. It's a, it's a quarters from now. Uh, yeah, crazy. quarters. You got Grigor Dimitrov this earlier this morning taking out world number one Carlos. Al- world number two. World number two actually Carlos Alcaraz. He will be it's a big deal for him. He will be the one if he he had he actually win some matches though to get back to number one. Yeah, I but know if I mean I, I would imagine that Novak plays Paris, and I imagine I mean he'll be in turn, so I, it's going to be tough for him to get the number one spot, and he's been pretty adamant about. Made it clear, like that's what, that's what his good, goal is. He not, wants to be number one in the world by the year end. Not a great showing for him in, in Asia then. Beijing, yeah, it's been tough. Beijing and I mean, Shanghai, he, Carlos he, is out. He had to play against a guy that has been kind of his kryptonite and center, and yep. somebody that has a head to head against him pretty well. And then Dimitrov, who I don't think has beat him before. Dimitrov then, had never taken a set off of him. Yeah, never taken a set. But Dimitrov, this is his best tennis he's played probably in his career. That's wild. Thirty-two years 30, old. Thirty-two. Yeah. Grigor Dimitrov with the one of the biggest wins. And a, like, th- I think he would honestly say this is one of the biggest wins of his career. I just at, the, at this especially age, with the opportunity at this point. Exactly. Has he won a Masters one thousand? Cincinnati. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot um, about that. Yeah, so he won the Western and Southern. But I'm trying to think. I mean, Grigor has a massive chance to win, the, to win this tournament the way he's playing right now. I mean, compared to all his other years he's had, and it's like this is you've mentioned today. Grigor might be playing the best tennis of his life, and he looks. Have you, I mean, they, they, they put a video up of him without a shirt on on the bike. Fitness. Dude, is six-pack yeah. shredded. He could have played another three sets today against Carlos, I think. I can't believe how fit he is at this age right now. I'm surprised you didn't know that. I mean, I, I mean this I, guy, I mean, I, I was pretty big on Grigor probably three, four years ago. And, I mean, the fitness that this guy has, I think he runs consistently like six, seven miles a day. Like, not, not even like during tennis season. Like, he's comfortable with running that much. The guy is in the best tennis shape outside of like guys like 
Novak or I mean I guess you could maybe throw Tommy in there, but Tommy's looked a little gas on this back end here. But I mean fitness wise, there's there's not really many guys that come close to Grigor in my opinion, no. especially with the pliability that he has as well. Yeah. I mean hit, in terms of an athletic body, he's very similar in the same profile as Novak in my opinion. It's interesting stuff. No, and I've I guess I've never given Grigor his his flowers because I just thought he was more of a I thought he was he was a could have been should have been guy, but yeah. Um, for sure. I think this th- this is the most fun I've had watching him play. Yeah. I mean, he's he's cracking that ball. And, like, just the way he's beating Carlos, like, a guy that's this athletic, and I thought other people that were talking about this match beforehand, they were saying just Carlos is going to be able to do whatever he wants. He's going to be able to dominate with his athleticism, whatever he's better. And it's like, that was not the case. Like, Carlos was frustrated, like, that he was not able to get on get the match on his terms. The Grigor slice backhand continues to just be – it's – one of the biggest weapons in tennis. Like they, say, I don't know. That there's is there anybody that you would say has a better slice? No, I don't think Three, so. No. no, that slice backhand is ridiculous, and you yeah. can you cannot play offense off that ball. Like no. it's so hard to do anything other than just spit the ball back cross court. Like to, to hit like a only one that can do it is Sasha Zverev. Is the one I've seen to like be able to, to lace. Crack. Well, he gets yeah. really low on the and, ball. And he actually and can, can pick up a ball beautifully, especially on the backhand side. Yep, I did love watching the uh, triple Z versus. Um, Hercotch match as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any other takeaways from the tennis in Asia? I mean, it, you got a winner? You got a prediction for the winner of this one? Um, I mean, right now, it's it's so tough to say because Yari is one of the guys that's like, it's so hard to gauge what he's going to do that day. I, I, I told Nate earlier, I, I think Yari is like a super watered down version of Zverev, but like some days he's just like, he plays balls out and he looks like Zverev on court. And then. Yeah. But, you know, most of the time, I feel like he's just that watered-down version. So if, if we get that version, I mean, I, I mean, we could see, really, Dimitrov. I like his draw. I don't know what his head-to-head is against Rublev, but I would imagine I, I still favor him if he's playing this good at tennis. Um, and then maybe Ben. I mean, Ben Shelton, if he, if he plays as good as he did against center, I don't really know why. Why not Ben? I mean, Ben's got a lot of the momentum right now on this side of the – this back half of the year, so – we wow. can see a Ben versus Grigor, which would be a really interesting matchup. Kind of the old versus the new and ultra talent out there. So, And Grigor and Rublev notched at three apiece on their head-to-head. Oh, okay. Shel- so that's an interesting one. Shelton, so you think he gets through Korda? I just don't I, – I still don't believe in Korda. I think Korda can string together some matches like this where he looks pretty good. But, um, I mean, Ben's serve is so ridiculous. His forehand, if he's if he's finding balls in the middle of the court, I mean, the points are over. Um, I just I just don't see Corda making it through Ben. No, yeah. I don't. And I, I don't. I don't think Hubie and him would be an awesome matchup because it'd just be Hubie can hit, Hubie's good. Like, but I think Shelton will hit through Hubie. I think he'll hit through him because that he, and I don't think Hubie can return his serve. Yeah, I don't, so it would just that like, is insane. I think it would be like the, a seven six six seven seven six kind of match. Are you surprised by how you're talking about Shelton right now? Like at, at this level, you're talking about him beating. I mean, Shelton. But, with, with how he played throughout the, like the middle court part of the year, I mean, yeah, I am, but I'm not surprised because the talent that he had. When I watched him in Cincinnati the first time I saw him. I mean, I'm like, this guy is definitely top ten level type of talent, but he's yeah. just he's he got super young, and there was seemed like development wise, he wasn't really gonna be able to develop as fast as he has. He's got Brian and his dad on on tour with him now, traveling with him full time. I think that's also helped a lot. Just having his main coach since he's been young, just polish up whatever I mean yeah it's like the way they went about business was do what you do best 
and let's just fix up the patches as we kind of go type of way. They didn't like set out a mission to like tweak anything crazy. They just kind of made us serve even better. They made us forehand even better. And then like the rest of his game, whether it's the slice backhand, the backhand in general, volleying, they're just kind of tweaking up, tweak, tweaking those things and kind of just fluffing that part of his game as he kind of goes along this crazy last year and a half on the tour. Yeah. Anyway, um, no, I think for me, my I mean, if I had that's a crazy bottom half though. Give me, I, I agree though. Give me Shelton out of the bottom half, which is good about to we go. We also right. don't know where we get from Fabian Fabian Marjan. He could take. I a, mean, he he could play awesome the next two matches. The I, next thing we ever watching him in a final. You the know Hubie I mean? serve is just that's gonna be tough to deal with. Yeah, though. I don't know about like the, when Hubie serving that and just hitting his spots and Trying then to see if he's faced. He hasn't really faced like. Casper's like solid server, but he's not like a great server like Hubie. Yeah. So it's like he hasn't faced anyone in no, this tournament. Casper's not in the same tiers. No, no, no. Out of the top, give me. That's tough. Give me. I'm not like I can't go Ugo. Ugo and Bear. No, you can't. He tuned JJ. Though. I know, but I know. But I'm just saying, like, I, like one and two. That's crazy. Like, like, he's coming off of a high though. I think he's still riding that high. I think he's gonna who, get shot. Who is? Hugo is beating, why? What? Why? Beating Sitsipas? Yeah. You did not see the passion in him when he I, won that. Yeah, but I mean, Ugo, I mean that's a big win for anybody was. beating somebody that high Steph, ranked. But like, Steph I think can't beat I don't think people like Steph that much on tour right now. Yeah. And so when you beat somebody you don't like, the feeling that you get, I, I'm not trying to start any beef between these guys, but like, it just seemed like there was beef or like tension on the court. It, yeah. That's yeah. We love that. Anyway, give me out of the top. Give me uh, Rublev. And give me at the bottom, give me Shelton, and okay. I'll take another interesting matchup between those. Just that's personality a, <laughs> wise, that is an interesting matchup. I don't know. Um, get on that final, if we said Rublev versus Shelton for a Masters one thousand final, um, Shanghai. Yeah, I'll take Rublev though. I just the experience. He's so solid. He's so solid. The board. He is. Dude, he just doesn't just, give you that much. And what he just did to Tommy, it's like Tommy's. Now Tommy looks gassed down the stretch of the season. Yeah, Tommy has not been the Tommy we saw in Cincinnati or in Toronto. Any really anywhere we saw him kind of have his great summer. But I mean, what Rublev just does to you? He just he's he kind of does the uh, like a python. He just kind of constricts and just keeps swallowing. It's just constant just, pressure. You're just getting battered with balls like the whole match. It's just like how much can you take from it? It's a beating, and it's he just makes like it pretty physical too. It, he does, and he just consent. He just consistently bashes balls into the corner. Doesn't really. Give, like you're not going to get rhythm off the, off the off the ground with him. You, you know, every ball is coming hotter, and he's just hitting. Like, yeah, it's not. I don't think that's a fun matchup for players on the tour right now, no. especially on the hard court. I think that's why Rublev is. And I think against Grigor, he's just going to bash balls against like, and Grigor's going to just kind of get swallowed up by the power. I, I think so. I mean, that's what we thought was going to happen today with Carlos and Grigor. Really, could have won all three of those sets that he played in today. He had he had match point or set point in the first set. And then Carlos played Unreal Tennis for three of those games to, to win that set. So okay. it's hard to say right now. Grigor seems like he doesn't really get bothered right now by those big, big balls. But, yeah. I mean, the game is set up for him to not have success in that. All right. Let's finish up today with just three players, fans out there that are either new to, to tennis coming in there after watching, whether it was U.S. Open, Cincinnati, or just guys that have uh, kind of come out of nowhere. This year, down the stretch, give me one guy that uh, fans should be keeping an eye on as far as a, a guy that should be breaking out on the scene a little bit heavier. So the first guy for me is going to be Jack Draper. Jack Draper was 38 in the world. Um, I'm not even sure what his injury was, to be honest with you. 
Um, but he was out for some time. And he he's was his back. Was it his back? And that's, that's tough, especially for a tennis player. But yeah. now he's 93 in the world. Um, he's found some success, had some good wins. He beat Hercotch, uh what was that, in the U.S. Open? Yeah, U.S. Open. Been um, in the straights. Yep. Um, just big hitter. I, I definitely a guy I think could definitely find his way into maybe top 15. I don't know. It, that, that that room seems to be getting crowding, crowded. Yeah. So top, I could see him top 20 for sure. Yeah. I mean, top 20. Draper's got a lot of game. But I, he's just, it's about him staying healthy for a longer stretch. Yeah. And just continuing to improve his uh, his fitness. I like that name. Draper's a guy that, yeah, like you say, he's been a top 40 guy already. Showed that he can beat some of these top guys. Do think he has the firepower and the weapons and just steady off the back end. Can scrape the back end. My guy is going to be, though, we just touched on it a little bit earlier, Fabian Marishesh. Marishan. Marishan. I knew I was going to butcher his last name. <laughs> Fabian, though, dude is in, guys, I'm just saying, this is the guy that, tune into this dude. If you guys can watch him tonight, it's going to be a late night, though. 3.30 East, Eastern um, AM, start in Shanghai. But record it, watch it the next day. I think this guy's worth putting on a show. And then Hubie's always fun to watch anyway. So that's my, my guy. We just are, we talked about him enough, but I think this guy's legit top 25 talent. Third guy, I think this is a guy we, you and I have both talked about a lot. Been heavy on Triple Z. Zhang Zizhen. There we go. I was Zhang Zizhen. The guy's 20, what, 25 years old? 25, 25. Yeah, I think so. Six foot four, freak athlete, born in Shanghai, playing in his hometown this week. Ended up losing a tough one in the three sets to Hurkacz where he had chances, but he's the number one player from China and mm-hmm. he's. Number one Asian player right now in the world right now. I feel like isn't he? I think he's the number one ranked Asian. And Probably it's just, Yoshi might be just won the Asian right game. There. Yeah, he just won the. He just was. Yeah, it's true. But he just won the Asian games, so gold medaled in that, and then uh, a lot of momentum. And it's just been cool to watch this guy. He's only fifty five or sixty in the world or so, but if he, he he's got the he's got everything: athleticism, firepower. He cracks the cracks ball, the ball, and he's just competes, and he you can just he plays with a fire that you, we haven't seen. I mean. Yoshi plays with that same type of fire, but it's like these guys just they want it so bad. It's it's fun yeah. to watch this kid. And I say he's a kid, but he's yeah, twenty five years old or whatever. Guys, I think he's gonna be I'm gonna say top I'll say top twenty five, top twenty. It just depends if he can smoke the he ball. can crack yeah, but it's like all these guys can freaking Yeah, but it's be, different. It, it is go different. listen to him hit in Shanghai because it's it's there's no there's no crowd so you can hear the ball really well. <laughs> Why is but, there no freaking crowd in Shanghai? <laughs> I mean, you had yeah, that's wild. Twenty six million people in that city, and the neighboring cities probably have another twenty million in each one. So it doesn't make any sense. Regardless, go listen to him hit the ball. It sounds different. Yeah, he's uncorking on the thing. No, it's, I think I, I think if no, he does have stupid firepower, and that's why his. I watched him and JJ play their five setter at the U.S. Open, and both those guys were just no one wanted to play it. A single point of defense. It was just funny no. watching no. those guys step on each forehand. Um, but yeah, that's all I got today. Great news in Cincinnati. Hope you guys are uh, living off that high. We'll see you guys definitely back in August. But uh, cheers until then. That's all I got.